I'm very proud of myself going into today, uh, really going into the show, because I have, I have maintained my diet. Sweet Prince Jacks, that's his nickname. I don't know why. It's, it kind of reminds me of the uh, the prince that was promised, Trevor Lawrence. I'll have to ask Jax if he also had an injury last night with his knee, but a different story for a different time. He offered me up some popcorn, and I now I accepted it because I found out his mom made it. And I'm never going to turn down home goods that way. But I initially turned it down on the basis that I'm eating healthier. But I think I just chose the wrong time. Not that there's a right time to go on a diet and try to make yourself, you know, be somewhat in shape. I think I chose the wrong time. I'm going to Puerto Rico next week. Next week I'll be gone. I'll be completely off. Spencer will be in Monday through Friday. I'll do both the Brown shows on Sunday and then Sunday. But Monday through Friday, you will not be able to hear me at all. Spencer will be in for me. But it kind of reminds me of like when uh, when people talk about during football games, like, oh, he threw that interception at the worst possible time. Is there ever a good time to throw an interception? Is there ever a good time to go on a diet and try to eat healthy? Probably not. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm going to do. But if this was any indication, I have a feeling I'll be strong. They have very good plantains, though. I got a soft spot for plantains. I got a soft spot for different sort of foods, and uh, I don't know what I'm going to end up doing. But that's where I feel right now. I feel good. The body feels good. I was in a very talkative mood yesterday. I always hate when you have the the short show, and I feel like I'm like I, I'm like a wind up doll. I'm like let's just let's get after this thing. You just just pull the string on the back of my uh, on the back of my body, and then we'll just talk all night. I'm not naturally a talker. I think you guys should know that. I don't think I've ever expressed this or told you guys this. I'm not naturally a talker. I remember when I first started doing sports radio, I was on the the fourth-rated station in St. Louis at 21 years old. And at the time, I was talking about all sorts of different random Cardinals players that uh, have since gone on and, and done... Like now they're like running baseball teams and doing stuff like that. Like those are the type of guys that I was talking about. Like, wait, what? And still Yadier Molina because Yadi was there for a million years. But I remember talking and doing all that stuff and doing like an hour show on Tuesday nights there, and then just being like, "Oh my God, how am I ever going to get through an hour of content? How am I ever going to do an hour? I got to feel an hour talking about Colby Rasmus. How is this ever going to possibly happen?" And then you fast forward, now I do five hours a night, and now I feel like I can go forever. But there still are days for me where I, I think to myself, this one came easier than others. The content isn't really the difference maker. It's just am I in a talkative mood or not. Yesterday, I felt like I probably could have done a 15-hour show. Today, I'm going to do the five-hour show, and based off the first couple minutes, I feel pretty talkative. But if you would have asked me 20 minutes ago, I would have been like, I don't know, guys. Get back to me at uh, in the 11 o'clock hour. I have no idea what I'm going to have for you there. Part of why I'm excited for today, though, is the content. It's what I want to start with you guys right here because I am I'm baffled. This has got to be one of the dumber stories I've ever come across. Off the rip, I can't believe I'm leading with the story. It, just, it was the story of the day. You guys drive this bus more than I drive this bus. You guys should know this, right? It's a me show. I tell people that all the time. It is a me show and that it's, you know, Overtime with John of the Peterlin, but you guys, you guys drive the bus here. You guys direct the content. You guys tell me what you're interested in. If it was a me show, like truly a me show, I would lead talking about the Guardians getting the number one overall pick. But it's that's not. I want to. I want to keep this job. But that's not. That's not how this works. I want to. I want to make sure I'm still employed. I, I get bonuses based off of ratings here, people. I need you guys to listen. All right. So I can't do those type of things. It's a me show, but you guys drive the bus. I, I go to what you guys tell me you guys are interested in. Now, normally I'll play the part, and I'll I'll, I'll I'll get 
more interested in a topic than the majority of people just because I naturally love this stuff. I love sports. I love sports debates. I love how silly sports debates can be. I love all of it. It's just, it's how I am. I don't know why I was wired this way. This was a part of me that I think was wired to do sports radio. Sometimes I'm like, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, you really found your calling. And it's like, well, when you can understand you play in the toy department of life and you can understand and and not take it as if it's life or death when sports things happen, but also treat it with the same seriousness and the same intensity that you guys have with it as well and not get jaded by the whole entire thing, maybe you are onto something. Happens a lot in the business that I'm in. People, they get jaded by the different experiences they have. They start to lose touch with the fans. They start to lose touch with the, the, the position that they're in. It just, then it all goes downhill, right? All goes downhill. This one though, I'm interested because you guys are interested. And I'm interested from the different aspects and the angles I have, but I would not have predicted this would have been the story on Sunday. When Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez, who, by the way, I thought they did a good job. I thought they were bad in week one when we watched them against the uh, Broncos. And by week one, I mean last week. This would be week two for them. This is their second week in a row. I thought they were much better. Mark Sanchez, late in the fourth quarter, was audibly gasping when the Browns weren't able to convert and extend the game on. Like they, he was, He was rooting for the Browns way more than he was rooting for the Rams, okay? When the two of them got the cameras on LeBron James, and Mark Sanchez goes, LeBron James. I was like, okay, this is something different. But he goes to LeBron, then he goes to Kareem, and then he goes to Deshaun Watson. And listen, I had some of the same thoughts you guys did. I mean, Deshaun Watson in that suite looked like looked like Jonah Hill in uh, Wolf of Wall Street on Quaaludes. I, I mean, I, I don't know what was going on there. Now, if you've, if you've seen his... Instagram at all, seen it at all ever. You know he cares about how he dresses. That's just how he is. He's very nicely dressed. He constantly looks like he's about to go out to uh, Fashion Week in Paris and hang out with OBJ. It's just who he is. He takes great pride in how he looks, how he appears, and the clothes that he wears. So it was no surprise to me that when they flashed it over to him, he seemed like He was a well-to-do individual. That's how Deshaun Watson constantly comes across. He seems like someone that has made $300 million, or by the end of this, will have made $300 million in his career. No surprises there. I can't tell, though, which part upset the fans most, and I just know what upset you guys. Was it the fact that he seemed like he was flaunting it? Was it the fact that he seemed like he was... Weekend at burning it. I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what part of Deshaun Watson got you guys so riled up and so miffed. Was it the split images of Nick Chubb on the sideline and then Deshaun Watson up in the suite with his girlfriend as if he's in this big ivory tower looking down on the, the peasants playing football down there? I don't know what the imagery was and why it made people so mad. All I know is it's all anybody wanted to talk about today. All discussion long, social media, on this radio station, it's all anybody want to discuss. So I, I need your help here. 216-474-92. Explain to me, if you were bothered, if you weren't bothered, do you have an issue with Deshaun not being on the sidelines? For me, it's pretty simple, guys. What could Deshaun Watson have done in those sidelines that would have made any difference at all? You know, you do run the risk of having too many cooks in the kitchen. 
I believe that's a thing in life. Too many, too many people putting their, their say into it. Too many people giving their opinion in that. That's why, like, like for instance, I was just talking about this with a buddy of mine with uh, my old school, Winnewood University, St. Charles, Missouri, my alma mater. And they're, they're now their D1 and they, they try to generate all sorts of money and they have all these different type of things, but they, they cut the wrestling program for some reason. It was very odd, right? And, and I'm looking at the board that they have and it's like, you got a, one president. That's good. Okay. Fine. They have 25 different vice presidents. It's like, well, huh? How do you ever make a decision when you have 25 vice presidents? How do you ever make a decision when you have that many people that seemingly are in charge, but also kind of not in charge? You gotta limit the circle that you have. You gotta limit the people that are around. And, and for Deshaun Watson, the moment Joe Flacco got hired and the moment Joe Flacco was given the starting job was the moment Deshaun Watson needed to be up in that suite and away from the team. That was it. Clear cut. Nothing else. That was the moment that Deshaun Watson had to sit back and say to himself, okay, I, what, what am I going to do down there? Am I going to give you my opinion based off of me holding a clipboard and watching the game? Or is every other coach going to do that and everybody else that is there going to do that? Because why would Joe Flacco listen to me? Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. I've won one playoff game in my life. What are we comparing here? 216474-92. My goodness, it'd be like if this station hired Howard Stern, and then Howard Stern came in and was going to do a sports talk radio show, and then all of a sudden my boss was like, hey, JP, Gonna go in the uh gonna go in that room and help out Howard? No, I'm not helping out Howard. The dude's one of Marconi. What the hell could I tell Howard Stern? There's nothing I could tell Howard Stern. He knows what the hell he's doing. There's nothing Deshaun Watson could tell Joe Flacco. All he would do was is just getting in his way. All he'd be doing is just it'd be bothersome. Like Joe Burrow, for instance, a lot of people made the connection last night. Joe Burrow was on the sideline in the game, uh, you know, Monday night football, Jacksonville versus Cincinnati. Great game came down to the end, right? Jake Browning balled his ass off. Do I think Joe Burrow had a part in that? Yeah, because Jake Browning is as obscure of a football player as you're ever going to meet. He's been on like 75 teams since 2019. He is a young pup, all things considered, when it comes to experience in the NFL. Joe Burrow could probably help him out. You know, if you had those, uh, what are those commercials where they have, it's like Fritos, it might be Pepsi, it's one of those commercials where they have uh, all the older guys come back and play. Dan Marino is one of them. Dan Marino like comes back and, and he like plays and he's like, this ain't for me, I'll just stay on the couch. Like that's the whole tagline they have on it. Dan Marino comes back to the sidelines. You, you think that's, he could appear in games. You think Joe Burrow is staying down there to help out Dan Marino at 75 years old? Uh, no, he's like, okay, Dan Marino knows what he's doing. Joe Flacco knows what he's doing. The man's won a Super Bowl. So forgive me on this one. And I, I want to ask for your help, and I really do. I, I want your input one way or another. I'm just a little confused as to how this got to be the story. I, I don't know what you guys wanted from Deshaun. I don't know if you wanted him to be doing jumping jacks on the sidelines while uh, playing Parcheesi or something. I really have no idea what you wanted from him. He couldn't have been to dissect film because you already had 27 assistants and all sorts of backup quarterbacks doing that, and Joe Flacco doesn't even need your help there. Well, what did you want him to do? Two one six four seven four to below ninety two on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. Did you have an issue with Deshaun not being on the sidelines? I, I got to hear from you guys on this one. We're gonna get to Daryl Ryder. He's coming your way at nine twenty. He always does on Tuesdays, eight o'clock. The Athletics. Kalen Kaler is gonna join us as well. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin right here on the fan. 
mainly because Joe Flacco's won a Super Bowl. I don't know what Deshaun could have done on the sidelines anyway. Outside of maybe play part cheesy with Joe Sheehan at halftime. I, I don't know what they would have done. I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm very confused as to what people wanted Deshaun to be doing on the sidelines, but people are big mad about it. And I, I guess I just, I want your insight here because I, I wondered at first if people are mad at Deshaun for the outfit and for the situation, or maybe they're taking out their frustrations on Deshaun for being injured. Even though we're not supposed to be mad at people for being injured, and you really can't get mad at for people be, for being injured. I just, I need help here because there is a piece of missing information for me. Like if I got on the radio and said two plus two equals five and was adamant that it equaled five, you guys would all tweet at me telling me I'm wrong. You'd call in telling me I'm wrong. And I just had to find out where the disconnect is. The disconnect would be that I was brain dead, but there'd be a disconnect there, right? Like what am I missing? That you guys see in this story. Because there's something. It might not be as easy as 2 plus 2 equals 5. But there's definitely something I'm not seeing. Because when I saw him on the, on the TV broadcast. I saw him up in that suite. I thought, oh. That's a pretty empty suite. It does look like he's on Quaaludes. But that's a different story for a different time. That's a pretty empty suite. That's cool. We got Kareem there. We got LeBron there. We got Deshaun there. I just didn't think it would make anybody mad. And now I, I've thought a lot about it. It's been the discussion of the day, and I've been racking my brain on it, and I, I don't know what you guys wanted. I, I don't know if you just wanted Deshaun to be some sort of mentor from above. I I really don't know. But I don't know what he could have done there. Because you don't go into Joe Flacco's kitchen. Too many too many chefs in the kitchen. You don't go into Joe Flacco's kitchen, a man who is basically uh, Emro Agassi. I gave him more credit in my brain than I wanted to right there. He might be a little bit more like Salt Bay. I'm not sure. Charging like $500 for a steak, comes in onto the table, lets the salt drip down off the forearm, and it's like, I'm amazing. Okay, great. Yeah, you're amazing. Awesome. You're, the TikToks are wonderful. Sure. I don't know, but he knows what the hell he's doing is what I do know. If it was DTR, you could make a great case that Deshaun Watson could be doing what Joe Burrow did for Jake Browning, where he's helping him out and dissecting plays and doing all the little things and getting him comfortable. You know, even make a case with P.J. Walker. Sure. Joe Flecker's won a Super Bowl. Deshaun's got like one playoff win to his name. Give me a break. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. Rob in downtown gonna lead us off here on the fan. What's up, Rob? How you doing, JP? Yo, what's up, Rob? I'm always eager to talk to you and excited, but I've never been more passionate, and enthusiastic than this very topic, sir. Let me in. I got to know why. Real briefly, and not being long-winded here to get perspective, I was watching the game on Sunday at Caesars Sportsbook in Las Vegas with 20 TVs in front of me and never saw LeBron, Deshaun, his girlfriend, all them together. Just Jamie Foxx so in the it supports, it, it, yeah, it supports my opinion even more. I just saw this morning Matthew, uh, Matthew Berry tweet out, Joe Burrow on the sidelines in a sling and Deshaun Watson in his Armani clothes in the box. And it makes me think even more, why is why is Deshaun Watson not on the sidelines? It, it, let me tell you something. If the Bengals were ten and two, and signed Tom Brady or traded for Patrick Mahomes for one game, Joe Burrow would still be in the sidelines because that's their culture. He makes two hundred, three hundred million. He's their quarterback. He should know the defensive schemes and the playbook better than any coach of the team. And it's the Browns' culture to have their starting quarterback in a press box. He's the team captain. He's the team captain. 
He's hurt. He should know the opposing defense, the playbook, the schemes. It doesn't matter whether Joe Flacco, Tom Brady, or Joe Montana's prime is the Browns' starting quarterback. He should be down there with the team on the sideline doing input however he could. And I called you after the Colts game when he got hurt, and he was standing 30 yards away from the rest of the team, Jonathan. I remember that call. Yeah, There's, there's a culture issue. Do you think that's culture? That's fascinating to me. Thank you, Rob. I do appreciate you. Hopefully you had some good luck there over at Caesars over the weekend. It's a culture thing. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I, so Aaron Rodgers was on the sidelines for a couple games, and he also was up in the suite for a couple others. It was a look-at-me Louie move of the highest order. He basically, anytime there was a national primetime game, and oh boy, was there a lot of primetime Jets games this year for some, but not for some unknown reason. It was because of Aaron Rodgers, but they didn't flex any of them out, and I got very mad about that whole ordeal. So the Jets have a culture problem too, is that the understanding there? So if, if they're in a suite, we have a culture issue. But if they're on the sidelines, somehow that means the team and everyone understands it, and they got the the right head on their shoulders. I just, I you see how the disconnect is happening here. I want to, I want this connection to happen. I want more knowledge, more info. I want to know what got you guys angry about it because I haven't been able to pinpoint it. I don't know that culture is the reason why because I, I don't think you should have these quarterbacks prepare as if they're going to start the game when he's not making another start until 2024. Is he supposed to be in the facility and around everybody, taking up space, and then uh, going through? What's he going to do? Throw, go through like phantom calls, go through phantom plays in his brain. I still don't understand what he's doing in the sidelines then, because he's not helping anyone in the sidelines. Might be helping himself, but can't you do that also from the suite? Like if the whole if the whole point here is that you're going to be going through the playbook and you're going to be doing these virtual reps in your head, can't you do that from? 1,200 feet above or however high. That seems like a high guess there. They're probably not 1,200 feet above. I would not be great. At, you know, they give you the test, and it's like, how many marbles can fit inside an airplane? That's that me moment right now. I would not be great at those type of tests. No idea how many feet high it is. It's probably like 70 or 100. Again, no idea. But you don't think you can do the virtual reps from there? 216-474-0092. You guys are passionate about though. I love it. Adam and Newberry up next. What's up, Adam? Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up? Not much. Well, I have a rhetorical question for any listeners or for you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess you can answer, but why did we acquire Deshaun Watson? <laughs> to win. Uh, to be, to well, that and to be the quarterback, not the coach. So, like you described, Joe Flacco has a history of being in the league uh, somewhat successfully. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily need Deshaun Watson to be our coach. When right. the fancy took over, what, four or five years ago? He turned it into a professional organization. We don't need Deshaun Watson to do that for us. It's not like he's been here for ten years. He's been here for less than a year. <laughs> Adam, I, I agree. I think you're. I think you're right there. And I, and the, I, people are upset. The commitment level is what they're questioning. I mean, we paid the guy a ton of money, and people just take him. You know, him being up in the suite like he doesn't care. Hmm. So I think that's why most people are upset. But like you said, we don't need another. You know, QB one on the sideline. We already have one. We have to put our faith in Flacco. The two for one's not bad. Touchdown interception ratio. It's pretty good. Yeah. No, Adam, you're. I think you're dead on, and thank you. I, I, that helped me a little bit there. And I want to hear from you guys. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Did you have an issue with Deshaun not being on the sidelines? That does help. That idea. Like, there's a lack of commitment. Is what it showed to a lot of people. I guess I just don't see it that way. 
You know, if I if I have a vocal issue, and all of a sudden, and this has happened to people in broadcasting, they get a vocal issue. I had a teacher once at uh, in college. He had a million dollar insurance policy on his voice when he was doing radio because you get you get vocal issues and then you just can't talk anymore and it's not great, right? I always tell myself, I'm like, I'm gonna one day. That's how I know I made it when I have a million dollar payout for my voice. That'll be that's when I made it big. Uh, I do not have a million dollar insurance policy on my voice in case you're curious but if i had a vocal issue my job you know what my job would tell me first off they'd be like all right fine we'll figure it out it is what it is they're not having me come in every single day and read sports websites to make sure that i stay up to date you're like okay you're gone you're 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 away from work you got to do what you got to do we got to keep the train on the track we got to get a host up here at night that can make sure they can do it. And we'll see you when you're healthy and when you're good for us. Right now, my boss would not call me daily and be like, hey, did you read ESPN today? How about that ProFootballTalk.com article? No, that's on me. Deshaun Watson, a lot of this with the commitment stuff, that's on him. That's on him when he wants to decide what he does and doesn't want to do. And we have to have the trust that he'll get there by the time the season gets underway. So I do understand it a little bit more. I disagree with it, but I do understand it a little bit more based off of that last caller. For you guys, it's a commitment thing. For me, in my mind, I think it's too many cooks in the kitchen if you're down below trying to tell Joe Flacco, a Super Bowl winner, what to do. And on top of it, you're also in a weird position where I believe you can do just as much virtual reps and work upstairs as you possibly could downstairs. I think you can do just as much watching on TV after the game as what he could do up in that suite. So he puts on the Lamborghini jacket, he puts on the shades, and he just hangs out with his girlfriend for a day. It's not the end of the world. Two one six four seven four to below 92. And I don't think it's a reflection on how he's going to be with this team moving forward at all and whether or not he's a good quarterback moving forward. Nick and men are up next. What's up, Nick? Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for taking my call. Oh, so, thank you for making it. So, so I am one of those guys that's fired up about this, and I'm going to tell you why. So this is all about a perception issue with Deshaun, right? If you're a leader of this football squad, you're somebody that you want the, the whole team to get around you. You're not sitting up there in a suite. You're on there on the sideline like Nick Chubb and Crutches. Nick Chubb's got the best character of anybody on our football team. I think we all know that in Let's be honest, this Sean's got a perception issue, you know, not just in this franchise, but across the country. And if you're trying to build some character, trying to build some trust with the team, you're not sitting up on that suite. You're down there in the trenches with your boys trying to show them that you are their leader and you do care. And you're not up there drinking cocktails and falling asleep. That's just <laughs> my perception on the whole thing, man. It's it's about how the, the rest of the team sees you. And, and also, I mean, he could use as many reps as he can get in reading defenses and everything else. I mean, the guy's barely played football in the last three years. So, I mean, sitting up there in the, in the, the box is not going to help that. So that's, that's just where I'm coming from. I mean, you're the leader of the team. You're the team captain. You've got to do better. All right. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate your invoice on this. Or invoice, excuse me, your voice on this. Invoice is when you add something completely different. That's, that's me being like, hey, you owe me money. Here's my invoice. I appreciate your voice on this, though. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. I, listen, I don't even know if he's allowed or not allowed on the sidelines. I've seen the photos of Nick Chubb on the sidelines, so I have a hard time believing that he's not allowed on the sidelines. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Why Nick Chubb would be allowed, and then why Deshaun Watson wouldn't be allowed? I think it's not that hard, though. He's in Los Angeles. 
He's got his girlfriend out there. They got a suite for the game, and he just figured he'd hang out for the game. And I, I, I understand when I put it in the hangout complex, uh, context where you guys get a little upset because it does show to you guys maybe a lack of commitment there that you guys don't agree with. For me, I just I, I think it was better for the team in that game, in that moment, that Deshaun let Joe Flacco do what Joe Flacco does, not get crowded, not have a bunch of people around, because what would have happened? Like, let's be honest. He's not going to show Joe Flacco how to quarterback. Joe Flacco has been quarterbacking since Deshaun Watson was in diapers, okay? He's not going to show Joe Flacco how to quarterback. So he would have sat there on the sideline. He would have probably been sipping Gatorade, looking like he was having a bad time, and we would have ripped him for looking like he wasn't in the game or looking like he's having a great time, laughing around, joking with people. And then we would have looked at him and been like, hey, we're down two scores. The hell are you laughing at, Deshaun? And I just think the guy's in a situation where he can't win with people. Honestly, I think any way you drew it up, him being at that game, he was in a situation where with you guys that don't want to like Deshaun Watson, you're not going to like him regardless. He is in a lose-lose. Damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. 216-474-0092. You guys are fired up about this. I love it. Did you have an issue with Deshaun not being on the sidelines? Mark up next in Cleveland. What's up, Mark? Hi, JP. How are you? Hey, Mark. What's up? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Um, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't, I'm not upset about it, but mostly because I don't think I was surprised. I think you should have been down there. You know, I think your last couple callers hit the nail on the head. It's about being there. It's about being part of the team. It's not about putting Joe Flacco's dishes away. It's about being there for everybody else mm. and just showing up. Just showing up. It's it's an optics thing, in my opinion. It's just commit. It, it just shows his commitment. Does it help that he was on the field before the game? Does that help? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Just curious. No, I think I think he just has to be there. Okay. All right. He doesn't have to say a word. And I don't think it's. I also think it's all he has to do to win fans over and people over. Yeah. Is just play the game. Play it well. Be on the sidelines. Support his teammates. Period. Be a class act. It's a good call, and thank you, Mark. I appreciate you. Thank you. I, I, I think that's. I think that's maybe where some of this is a little tough for me. I, I understand that point completely, right? Like, just be there. Sometimes going to Thanksgiving dinner, excuse me, is not about bringing the stuffing that is going to knock people's socks off. It's not about carving up the greatest turkey. It's just you being there, right? You, you being there, your presence there does matter. So I, I understand that point completely. I really do. I get it. But I think what a lot of you guys want from him is to win ball games. And I think you want him to be something that he can't prove to you right now. He's injured. He's got no way of showing you that he can do this at a high level and, and get the Browns to a championship contender uh, spot because he's just not, he's injured. 216-474-0092. If you're hanging, hang tight. I try to get to as many of you as I can. Did, did you have an issue with Deshaun not being on the sidelines? Uh, it's fascinating. Kaylin Kaler of the Athletic going to join us at 8 o'clock. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on the fan. I, I didn't understand it going in. I was trying to find out your side because I knew there was a disconnect. And, and I knew that you guys were way more fired up than I was. I said if I got on the radio and said 2 plus 2 equals 5, and I was adamant about it, and you guys called in, and you tweeted, and you texted, and then you called, you did all that stuff, and you you told me, hey, you're just brain dead, something's happening here, I would try to find the disconnect. I'd be like, all right, where, where am I wrong, what's going on? All day, I couldn't figure out why this story was hitting people in such a way, and I just, because to me, I didn't know what Deshaun Watson could do 
from the suite. I didn't know what advantage he would have down below when Joe Flacco's won a Super Bowl. It seems very hard for me to have Joe Flacco take advice from Deshaun Watson on the sidelines when Joe Flacco, I'll look it up in between the break, but how many more playoff wins does Joe Flacco have than Deshaun Watson? It's probably a healthy number. I just, I just don't think he needs his help. You know, Joe Burrow, I'm sure Jake Browning wanted the help from Joe Burrow. I'm sure that was appreciated. I'm sure that he had things he could offer up. I just don't know what Deshaun Watson could have offered. We've taken a lot of calls on this, though. We'll get to more as well. I, I just, your guys' response back to me signals that you guys thought there was a lack of commitment there. Okay. I mean, the guy tried playing when half of his shoulder wasn't working and was out of its socket, but okay. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I thought, I thought he showed everyone his commitment through trying to get back on the field, through being an absolute gamer through it all. But I, I, I guess you guys need him to be on the sideline in order to have that one shown. I just think he's in a damned if he does, damned if he doesn't type mentality here, where until he wins games, the man can't do any right. Deshaun Watson says the sky is blue and he likes puppies, and I'll get 12 phone calls on how it's actually raining outside and cats are much cooler than puppies. Okay, all right. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two, but I, I'm interested. I I find this to be fascinating. I'll, I'll be your court jester on this. You guys just tell me where where I'm right, where I'm wrong. Thomas and Shaker up next on the fan. What's up, Thomas? Man, JP, yo, I am fired up about this. I've been waiting all day to talk about this. Yo, I mean, like, let me tell you, I was, I can't believe it. I just can't believe people are are freaking out about this. I just can't, like, like you said. People just need to call a spade a spade besides the center behind these fake wool gestures and everything. Y'all just don't like the guy. <laughs> Y'all just don't like, like, no, for real. Like, it's kind of how it like, sounds I like, so yeah. Dude, dude, I know, like, I'm like, legit pissed off at this freaking city. Because how the hell y'all going to be up here yelling at a guy who's who's obviously high as hell with painkillers, and y'all going to sit up here and complain about him being in the booth with his girlfriend, making all these massage jokes and stuff? Y'all are sick, man. I, I am so sick of this freaking city and these freaking fans complaining about everything over the sun. You know, you, you mentioned 1994, right? That was the year I was born. I was born, what? Five, six, seven years after the drive and a fumble, I can't stop hearing about it. Yo, the biggest heartbreak of my life was the Cleveland Guardians in 2016. I ain't ever telling my children about that. I ain't ever telling because I'm not a loser, man. <laughs> man, like ever since Deshaun Watson been to Cleveland, all he done was be an outstanding citizen, and all he gets is hate. I am sick of this BS. This fan base is spewing out, like. Seriously, this is stupid that we're having this freaking conversation. If you believe that Sean Watson is in the wrong for being on the sideline while being high on painkillers, you're an idiot. You are a DA. <laughs> Thomas, I like, love it. Man, I love the passion. This is mind-numbing, dude. I love the passion, this but you, you've been listening. Thomas, you've been like, listening to the show. This is insanely dumb. You've been listening to the show. You know how I feel about it, but I just took how many calls last segment where people tell me they're mad no, about you're it. You're idiots. Every single no, one of them. don't call and them if you idiots. Say, no, 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 no. If you're offended by me calling you an idiot, tweet at me. Because you are an idiot if you think that Sean Watson is even wrong for sitting on sidelines with his girlfriend <laughs> while being high on painkillers. What is wrong with y'all people? Do we know he was high on painkillers? Thank you, Thomas. Do we know he was high on painkillers? I said it looked like Quaaludes, but Quaaludes have been gone for so long. I said he looked like Jonah Hill in Wolf of Wall Street on Quaaludes. That's what I said he looked like. He was something. He was definitely something.
I've never heard Thomas that fired up. Good thing he got that new phone, so the connection was good. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. I can't even top it. I just I just let that one sit and marinate. Jeff and Lakewood up next. What's up, Jeff? What's going on, man? Hey, Jeff. Hell of a topic, man. I want to give you a shout out, man. I just want to try to keep things in the proper perspective, man. I'm African American. I'm an African American man. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a big fan of yours. Thank man, you, all the gentlemen just get off, man. We, this is just, this ain't insane. This is beyond insane. Most of the ones who really dislike that man, they are Caucasian. You know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> call it like it is, man. They are Caucasian people. They hate him because he's getting that money. An African-American man got all that money and everything they do. And you made a good point, man. You made an excellent point. Damn if he do, damn if he don't, man. Y'all need to get a life, man. The man... Was down on the field. They didn't know that he was on the field. Then he went to the club spot. You know what I'm saying? He went to the uh, the suite up there. Yeah. He was on the field with his teammate, man. These fans out here, man, y'all need to take a look at yourself in the mirror, man, and get y'all some help, man. You know what I'm saying? The man, you want this is the United States of America, man. They make it wear what he want to wear. Jonathan Peterson, I bet you can't get one of them 53 players to say they'd probably say, man, you don't get out of my face, man. We up here trying to get a spot in the playoff. We ain't worried. You know he with us. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing. Them players that look at you like you and lost your mind. If you talking about, man, you, how you think about John sitting up there sweet with his girl? They said, man, you don't get out of my face with that nonsense, man. <laughs> it's an ultimate team sport, man. These folks out there, they know what they know what I'm talking about, man. And I don't want to try to be no racist, nothing like that, man, because I love all people, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's mostly the Caucasians, man. They hate that man for no reason, man. You can't be playing God, man. They up here trying to play God. They don't hate. You know another thing? I heard people be on social network and they dislike the man. How you going to dislike a man you don't even know? They ain't never met that man a day in his life. They ain't never met that man. All they do, they seen him on TV, seen him play for Clemson, and <laughs> yeah. seen him play for Houston, man. They are sick like the dude just left. <laughs> y'all out there, the ones that the, uh, the ones know who they is, y'all sick and y'all need to get some help. Sitting up there d- disturbing that man and going through all that nonsense over that guy, man. That guy living his life, man, and what he did, that's between him and God. All right, just Jeff, we don't to want to get too far God. off topic here, but I, pre- I appreciate you. Thank no, you, Jeff. I'm just saying, though, yeah, man, they, just, they tripping, man. I love it. Thank you, Jeff. I love your passion behind it. If I could make, if we can get the, uh, it's mostly the Caucasians as a drop, that would be fantastic. Moving forward, it's mostly the Caucasians. Okay, all right. But by the way, I just need to let you guys in on something just really quick. So we had, we've had full phone lines the entire time. We've been talking about this for the entire hour that we've been talking about this. And the moment that Thomas got on, and then Jeff, you noticed last segment, it was a completely different tune. It was like, Deshaun's not committed. Deshaun isn't this. I'm over here defending Deshaun. And then we had Thomas come on with a lot of passion. We had Jeff come on with a lot of passion. And then you could tell which guys were obviously waiting on to tell everyone how they thought Deshaun wasn't committed enough. But then Jeff basically implied you're racist if you don't agree with what he said. And you could see the phone lines just be like, all right, they're just, they dropped off, they dropped off, they dropped off. We got people still hanging on. But like, it was, it was in an instant, in that moment, you could tell they were hanging on to what Jeff was saying. And then Jeff's like, you think this way if it's like, all right, two, one, six, four, seven, four to blow 92. Roundabout way of saying it was a very, uh, uh, it was interesting to me. It's just interesting to me how that went out. Jerry in Cleveland up next. What's up, Jerry? Hey, how you doing? Hey, Jerry. You pretty much stole my thunder when you were talking about how he was, uh, his shoulder would have been broken. And he was ready to go out there, get some shots, yeah, I mean, just so he, he could play. And all, he, Jerry, all he ever did was show commitment. How is that, how is it not commitment to the team when he, he, he basically ruined his body to be on the field at any given time? Right. Cause I mean, that could have not only ended his career, but it 
would have been some permanent damage, right? Mm-hmm. But but these guys they they just don't like them. That's all there is. And I mean, the things they say they're just petty. It's just petty. Uh, a lot of people did Baker Mayfield the same way. Baker Mayfield's career could have been ended because he got out there and. I mean, didn't we learn anything when you get out there and you're hurt? But uh, nobody wants to give a quarter. These players want to go out there. Look at Miles Garrett now. Mm-hmm. They don't give them credit. But then the minute they do something, make um, they're yeah. not politicians practicing making comments. So if they make a mistake and make a comment, then everybody wants to jump down their throats. You get tired of it. Right. And, Jerry, remember the – and I appreciate the call. It's a good point. Remember the, the, the point with Miles last year was the idea that Miles wasn't committed to football, right? That was the big thing, not committed to football and all this stuff. Look at the commitment he just showed you this past weekend. I mean, the man clearly wants to be out in the field. He clearly wants to help you. All right. It's been fascinating. We'll get back to this one a little bit later on in the show. Kaylin Kaler of The Athletic. I'll get her thoughts on this. I want to know. So she does national football, right? I want to know if this story even reached her desk. Her job is to do national football. I know she did some reading up on the Browns, I would imagine, before doing a hit in Cleveland. She knows the league frontwards and backwards. But I, I want to know if this story even hit her front desk today. Because I, I this might have just been a local Cleveland story. I didn't see many national people Chiming in on this one, I guess with the exception of Matthew Berry, who kind of got the ball rolling a little bit. I didn't see many people chiming in about Deshaun being in the suite. We'll ask Kaylin about that also. Joe Flacco or DTR? What quarterback should it be? It's overtime with Jonathan Peterson here with you on the fan.